0: Matthew Leckie puts Australia into the quarterfinals. That is a magnificent goal by Owomobile. Oh, man, Ryan, wow! keeping it out of the top corner like Superman.
1: Hello and welcome to the Socceroos podcast, where we go one-on-one with your favourite players to keep you connected with the Socceroos. My name is Michael Putterflam. On the latest episode, we chat with Socceroo cap number 555 Maddie Ryan. Young Aussies and kids around the world grow up dreaming of joining and representing their favourite football team. For Maddie, that dream became a reality after he signed with Premier League Club Arsenal in January. During this podcast, Maddie explains how the move came about, the role Socceroos legend Tim Cahill played in making it happen, and Ryan's first impressions of behind the scenes at Arsenal. He also powerfully reflects on what exactly it means to pull on the shirt of the team he supported as a child, and he reveals what he's hoping to achieve during his lone stint for the remainder of the season. Ryan also discusses some of his greatest memories in green and gold, including the 2015 Asian Cup Final Triumph, and gives his take on the impressive form of a handful of Australian goalkeepers throughout Europe and Asia. This podcast was recorded prior to Ryan's Arsenal debut against Aston Villa. So without further ado, here's the full chat with Maddie. Maddie, it's been a few weeks since you signed for Arsenal. Are you still on cloud nine or have you come down yet?
0: Uh, I guess it depends on which moment you ask me. And, um, yeah, definitely when I get a moment to step back and try to digest or, you know, that it is that the circumstance I find myself in, it's still a bit surreal, but... Um, yeah, when I'm in the club and going about the day-to-day stuff and training and all that, it's, uh, it's just nice to lose myself in the routine of, you know, doing obviously something that I love. And, um, yeah, it's nice that I just get to do that for, you know, the, the club that I, I grew up supporting and, you know, the club that, you know, I first loved growing up.
1: And obviously this isn't the first, you know, big club around Europe that you've played at. But is there anything a bit different about, as you said, walking into a club that you supported your whole life and gearing up and training and um, you know getting onto the bench for Arsenal?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the the just the the, the wow factor of it that it's become a reality is is the biggest difference. Just you know, when I was doing the photo shoot, holding the jersey and trying the kit on, and you know doing the first bit of media with the Arsenal um, jacket on, it just Uh, 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 it's hard to put into words the emotions that I was feeling you know it was just coming to terms with it just didn't feel like it was real you know and um, just always used to think back to moments as a kid um, you know getting up to watch the games in the morning and you know sleeping over at mates places and getting up to watch the games and giving other mates stick about when your team beat them and vice versa and all these types of things and yeah, now to be here representing them um, you know I must be so fortunate to be in the minuscule percentage of players let alone people to have signed for the club that you you know you grew up loving and supporting as a kid I mean it can't be too many players in the world that that can say that for sure exactly and you know on top of all that
1: you've I'm sure you've got thousands and thousands of messages from all the way around the world coming in but I saw someone like Ian Wright. You know, said had tweeted right after you move, saying it was it was a great move. So you've got an Arsenal legend like that sending you messages. But then, as, as you said, on the other hand, you've probably got all your childhood friends who you grew up watching Arsenal with. So you know, what's what's the reception been like in terms of some of the messages you receive
0: from all the people you're close to? Yeah, I mean, people I'm close to, people I don't even know. You know, people I used to have you know friendships with and all that. It's it's just. It's been such global news you know it's truly really taken me by surprise and I guess a real insight to being part of a brand like Arsenal Football Club, club with the following that it has and you know like you said Ian Wright tweeting um, he, he sent me an, an inbox on Instagram as well and um, you know which is, is nice coming from a legend like him of the game and obviously a legend of the, the club as well um, wishing me well and Uh, you know that was a nice touch and then yeah all friends and family you know respected athletes from other sporting codes and all that as well Um, yeah you know friends, family old school like it's cool you know some old school mates and all that I never spoke to and and all that or I haven't spoken to in a a long time just sending me messages congratulating and telling me that I'm their inspiration and all these types of things and um, you know it, it just it just makes something like this you know even more sweeter and the fact that you can have that impact on the world Um, and you know if I can inspire or influence you know the younger generation footballers or you know other athletes or you know other people that aren't aspiring to be athletes but like whatever they want to do in their lives you know it's I mean I'm a living example that dreams do come true so you know if they're willing to put in the work and give absolutely everything of themselves then I'm an example that, you know, you, you, you can achieve your dreams and reach your dreams. So uh, I hope that, um, you know, in, in some capacity or some form, I'm able to have that influence on, you know, the Australian public or, you know, the, the global public and uh, yeah, help help individuals yeah, reach their goals and aspirations also
1: such a special thing that you're
0: able to now inspire so many Australians to follow their
1: dreams because they can just look to you and and see someone who's you know walked the walk and really done it but I guess if you just take a step to look back at you know when you were a kid um, and dreaming of you know playing football at the highest level I'm sure Arsenal was the club that you aspired to play for but (laughs) You know, do you at that point? Would you? Did you think you, you know, one day could it become a reality, or is it is it just that mentality that you have to have that you can achieve anything if you put your mind to it?
0: I I used to have conversations with my mum and my best mates and all that, and just like laugh at the prospect of leaving Australia. You know, being good enough to leave Australia to go to Europe or whatever like that, let alone Arsenal or the Premier League. You know, I used to sit there and watch them, like, like how good are these guys and all this type of stuff, or I wonder if ever, you know, I'll be that good or anything like that. And, yeah, now to have 120-odd so Premier League games under my belt and, yeah, you know, a, a dream contract being part of the, the club I grew up supporting, you know, to represent them. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing, man. Like, like things, times like this, you know, you really appreciate and show a lot of gratitude for life and how it you know, pans out, but it's just it's just confirmation that everything I do in my life is is worth it. You know, all the sacrifices being on the other side of the world, away from friends, family, all these types of things. Like moments like this is just when um, it's it's confirmation. You know that you know all of them are, are worth it, and you're able to create things like this that you never you you may have dreamed of, or you might you might not have even dreamed of. You know, and. And yeah, I'm just loving being a part of it so far, in, in the week that I've been here, and um, yeah, you know, really recognizing the opportunity I've got here to learn and grow and be in this environment and all that comes with that. So I'm um, yeah, looking to to really uh, make the most of all of that.
1: And what an opportunity
0: you know that will be
1: to to play with some of the the best players in the world. Um, but in terms of, as you said, as you said. Dreaming and setting that that goal for yourself, and so not the first time in your career that you've you know you've you've moved clubs and and um, found another great opportunity. So it'd be great to just get a bit of insight into what you know the last kind of month has been for you. You know, having played so consistently for Brighton, <clears throat> falling about a favour, and then and then this move coming up, which I think probably caught a lot of Australians by surprise. I know I was sitting on my phone at 10 o'clock on Friday suddenly the tweet drops and I think I received about 10 or 20 messages from different people all sharing the same link at exactly the same time. That's how, that's how big and how fast the news spread. But um, how, how did this all eventuate for you over the last few weeks? Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah, I was, I was at Brighton and, yeah, doing my best there. I mean, <laughs> I'm still sort of, I mean, I'm, yeah, trying to understand to a certain extent how I found myself in the situation there at Brighton, um, you know, but in saying that, you know, I'm not the first person to not be wanted by a club or find myself in this scenario or situation. And, you know, nor will I be the last, um, it's hard to really grasp how much I guess business or political side had an influence on, you know, what unfolded there or whether, you know, it's just a manager, um, you know, think, you know, making a decision because he felt there was someone better there to do the job. Um, it's hard to know, but, you know, I quickly, I felt like I, I quickly made um, the adjustment or the change to shift my mindset to, um, you know, thinking about the next opportunity and doing what I can to prepare myself for that, to, to be ready, rather than just dwelling on, why all that was going on or what the actual reason was. Uh, I know there was a lot of speculation out there that there was a rift between me and the manager or something at the club or something happened. But honestly, nothing like that, you know, went down. Um, There was no moment or, you know, I didn't spit the dummy or nothing like that. I just tried to remain professional and, you know, approached my training. And like I said, um, I wanted to try and win my spot back there. But, um, you know, obviously their actions were... Uh, complimenting what they had told me in that you know, if I was to get a good offer in January that they suggest that I take it knowing that I want to be somewhere playing and all this type of stuff and um, it was sort of surprising to hear those words come out of his mouth when, when I sat with the manager and he told me that but um, but anyway then yeah just quickly got around to um, yeah, trying to come up with some options for myself and, and what I've done in the game and obviously I have my agent that helps me with that and um, yeah. And, um, yeah, coming to the January window and, um, yeah, it was a little bit quiet early on, which is, you know, notorious for, I guess, transfer windows. Generally, a lot of action tends to happen towards the end of it. And, um, I actually, I made a phone call to, um, to Tim Cahill also, uh, you know, maybe my ambition wanted to stay at the highest level and at the top of the game, um, uh, in my experiences, I've heard stories and seen myself, how far just a little conversation between people can, can go and um, knowing how respected he is within the game. Um, I just said to him, uh, if he felt it was worthwhile or if he thought, you know, I had what it takes to, you know, be a obviously a, a Premier League goalkeeper playing at a, at a club, I just asked if he could... Um, You know, listen out to hear if there was anyone looking around for a goalkeeper and if he thought I was worthy of mentioning, perhaps maybe he could, yeah, just bring me up as a, you know, as a potential target, perhaps if someone was looking. And um, I knew obviously his relation, close relationship with um, David Moyes, uh, you know, at West Ham now, who's obviously was together with him at um, Everton. Obviously, Mikel Arteta was his teammates and. You know, obviously he's doing his coaching badges up at Everton as well. So I, I just sort of went out on a limb to perhaps see if anything could sort of be sparked into action a little bit. And uh, he said, you know, leave it with me and see what comes up. And I think he was probably the one who planted the seed in, in uh, Mikel Arteta's mind, and perhaps he went on and done his homework a little bit. And you know, I think they were looking to bring in someone in the goalkeeping department after losing Martinez in the summer um, before, just, just before the window closed there. And um, given my circumstance and scenario, me wanting to stay at the top, you know, realising and recognising the circumstances that the January window um, for a goalkeeper especially is difficult to move. It's, it's a position that is such a big structural change within a team and one that's normally really only done in in the off season and on top of that, you know, the COVID situation, not a lot of clubs being financially stable at the moment. I I knew I was sort of behind the eight ball a little bit. So, um, um, but then, yeah, that, you know, that started to gain some momentum and they started to do their, you know, their digging around Arsenal and their research and and all that a little bit. And yeah, the interest became solid and then ended up making the decision to, to come for me and, um, I think it's a, it's a good decision to... Uh, I think I've made a, a good decision. I think having looked at the bigger picture with me and the team I have around me, my family, agent, all these types of people, it was sort of too good to to say no to the opportunity. I mean, you know, a, a lot of people may look at it and say, yeah, he's gone there as the number two and all that. And obviously, I knew that coming here. But um, at the time when I made the decision to come, they were still obviously alive in the FA Cup as well as the Europa League. And in the Premier League and the pattern that, you know, the club had taken up until now was to rotate the goalkeepers for those different competitions. And, um, you know, I knew I was going to come here and probably play second fiddle to Bernd Leno in, in the league um, initially anyway, in the beginning and until I could sort of get here and, and show him what I can do also. And, you know, there's no shying away from the fact I want to push him and I still have a lot of desire that I, I want to play and, and get game time and, um, and hopefully, you know, unfortunately, we got knocked out of the FA Cup. Um, but yeah, with the Europa League games coming up, I'm, I'm, and, and also having spoken to Mikel Arteta himself, he, he said that he feels as if he's um, during his time as a manager so far, he's he's proven the point that you know players that give him a reason to to select them or players that deserve an opportunity to play, he he tends to to give those opportunities, and he thinks he's proven that. And he said that to me in the, in the conversation on the phone and um, and he said it's no different with me and my position. So obviously I've got to come here now and I've got to earn that right in order to play and I'm looking forward to doing that and push and burn and, you know, creating more competition in that position and, you know, getting the best out of all us goalkeepers because ultimately that's going to help the team and uh, competition is always healthy and, and um, that's then the scenario, you know. It's not a permanent move. It's obviously a loan alone until the end of the season and then you know we'll revisit then but I guess in my head I sort of envisaged hopefully playing between you know four to ten games maybe across all the competitions perhaps and playing for a club like Arsenal and a brand like Arsenal and you know hopefully being able to do to do well for them um come the summer having that under my belt um it would put me in really good stead for for my future moving forward and even if it was to eventuate that I wasn't going to get any game time, just being in this environment and training day in, day out against these sorts of players um, for these next four months, I feel like there's plenty of opportunity to, to grow and learn as well. And um, yeah, become even better as a player and, and as a footballer, having a taste of this environment and being around it also So um, that's the outlook I've, I've got on it. And that's what I'm exactly trying to do now. Take it day by day and, Yeah, we'll see how it all unfolds, and uh, just happy to be here and give all all of myself to to see what can unfold um, in this new future.
1: So, in terms of the way that Arsenal play, obviously a team that really values possession of the ball and being creative with the ball. Um, Then on top of that, you got someone like Mikel Arteta, who's spent you know done that internship under Pep Guardiola, um, you know, learning his style of play as well. Um, so for yourself, someone who's very comfortable with the ball, at their feed and playing out from the back, um, you know, did that did that kind of um, factor into your thinking at all as well? Like potentially, you know, this is a club that could play in a similar style to the way I like to play as well?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think probably more importantly, it, it factored into their decision as well that perhaps the attributes that I possess fits into what they're trying to do there as well. Um, and that's obviously only going to, you know, win me points in, in terms of the, you know, getting a move to, to the club. And thankfully it's all eventuated that way as well. But, um, but yeah, you know, across, you know, the whole board of every aspect of goalkeeping, you, you know, you obviously, you got to show the qualities in, in all the aspects in order to, yeah, get a move. And I've, I've tried to do my best, um, you know, uh, Ever since I was a kid, anything I've tried to do, I've tried to do my best. So uh, it's nice that it's it's recognised. And it's also sort of reassurance and, you know, reconfirmation as well that, you know, bright and perhaps some doubts could come in, you know, whether you're good enough for the job and all that. But, um, you know, I always had belief in myself that I could play at the highest level. And I guess it's the ultimate compliment when a club like this comes in for you, you know, you you must be doing something right um, in order for, for that to unfold. So, uh yeah, very thankful and excited, and everything to be here, and uh, I've been loving it so so much until now. Every day's been being a blessing and being great, and yeah, I'm just looking forward to each day and, and learning and testing myself against some of the best players in the world, and um, yeah, seeing who I can, I guess, impress while I'm here, and um, yeah, ultimately just do my best and see where it takes me. And who are some of the new teammates of yours
1: that have taken you under their wing, or maybe you've had some previous connections with before? Who you've you know spent some time with in training?
0: There's a staff member also from Brighton uh, that I used to know there, but apart from that, I didn't know anyone else going there. I was I was curious and intrigued as to see how the environment will sort of be. You know, with some of these guys obviously being big names and big personalities within the, within the game and yeah, you know, a lot of public perception out there of how they are and all this type of stuff. But I was really taken back by how how much of a family unit it is inside the club. Like, everyone being really friendly and approachable and going out of their way to support me and help me and have conversations with me and, you know, tell me the best places to live and all these types of things. But, um, yeah, you know, like, everyone gets along with everyone. I can't really sort of single anyone out. But um, I'd also met David Louise through... Um, uh, Diego Alves, the goalkeeper, back when we played Brazil, Australia versus Brazil at the MCG before um, the Confederations Cup. I'd met David Luiz then um, and then just playing against him a few times, always just, just have a little talk and all that. But, uh, yeah, you know, Lacazette, Aubameyang and all that. Um, Luiz, you know, all of all of them, really friendly, the English guys, Um you know, Rob Holding, Callum Chambers, you know, all of them, they're all real approachable. You know, it helps also I can speak Spanish with a few of the Spanish guys. There's quite a few Spanish-speaking guys in there as well. So, uh, no, nah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Everyone gets on with, with everyone. And, uh, yeah, I like guess it's, it's, uh, it's an important ingredient in instilling that, um, you know, winning mentality and winning environment
1: on the Australian side of things you know it's, it's been a year with uh, no international football for the Socceroos currently there's a you know game scheduled in March an away game against Nepal and possibly Kuwait as well um, I guess in, given also in the context of, of your move now um, you know how exciting um, will it be to eventually get back out on the pitch for the Socceroos whether for you it's in March or because of COVID reasons potentially um, in
0: the middle of the year yeah I mean no better feeling than pulling on the soccer Ridge jersey to represent the country so uh, as, as soon as we had that last um, game there you know uh, over a year now over a year ago now um, I think it was uh, Jordan away wasn't it I think the last time we were together ever since that can not finishes I'm always looking forward to the next one but uh, you know it just goes to show you can never take a you know, a football match for your country for granted because you never know how long it will be until the next one. So, um, yeah, you know, can't wait to get back out there and, you know, get back together with some Aussies again and, um, yeah, just, I'll do all of that I can in the meantime to warrant my selection for, for the squad and, yeah, you know, come come that game time, try, uh, come, yeah, when the camp's on, I'll, I'll do everything I can to be ready and, um yeah, be an option for Arnie to, to select to, you know, represent our great country and continue on our journey to, to the World Cup.
1: And despite this this layoff period, um, when it comes to some, you know, areas of the Socceroos, there's a, there's a lot of experience and a lot of guys playing particularly well, especially, you know, in your position. Obviously, you've got yourself at Arsenal, but you got Mitch Langerak, who, you know, broke the record for most clean sheets in the season in the J League. You've got Danny Vukovic going really well. Um, so you know how healthy is it to have that that competition or battling out for the number one spot for the soccer is
0: yeah it's 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 always great to have that competition you know it makes the player that's playing got to be at the top of their game to warrant selection otherwise you know you got guys um, you know eating away at you just you know just behind you i guess that um, you know are wanting to get that opportunity and play also and both of them um, have had great seasons over the last couple of years. Um, you know, Mitch has had a great year in Japan and the record that he's, he's broken and his form. And, you know, Vukorosa, you got Lawrence Thomas as well playing in Denmark now quite regularly. Um, I think there's another younger Aussie boy, I think, in Charlton or somewhere as well over here. Um, yeah, you know, there's, there's a number of guys domestically as well in Australia. Uh, that's I'm, I'm more than capable as well. It's been a position that we've all, always had quite a lot of depth in so um ultimately at the end of the day, I'll just continue to keep pushing myself as best I can and um you know ultimately having all that competition it's only going to make whoever gets the nod for the country you know out there to be at the top of the game to you know help our great country perform the best we can so uh you know good competition is um is needed and you know, you look at all the great teams around the world; they they all have that in every spot, and that that's what makes them so strong. So, uh, so yeah, you know, it's bring out the best in everyone, and um, you know, it's healthy competition.
1: No doubt, all all soccer is fans, whether they're in Australia or watching on from some other country in the world, will be very excited to, to see the team get back out there. Um, just one one milestone, I just want to ask you about um, coming up shortly is the or depends when you listen to this podcast but um the Asian Cup final 2015 the anniversary six years you've um, just taking a moment to just reflect on reflect on that achievement for yourself what are your, what are some of your fondest memories from that night and just how big an achievement for the squad and for yourself was um
0: was winning the Asian Cup in Australia <laughs> in 2015 it's one of if not the best memory I've had. Not only in my life, but yeah, career-wise, until now, been, you know, the fact that no one can take away from, from myself personally now, or us collectively as a group, you know, being the first team to win a, fir- you know, the first major trophy for the national team is something that's really nice to, to sit here and be able to say that you know you were a major part of, and um, yeah, I mean, a lot of emotions, you know, that whole tournament, obviously being played on home soil playing that final in my home city um, with all my friends and family there. and um, Yeah. Winning winning that was just something special and I'll, I'll never forget. Um, yeah. Sort of it was post that Brazil world cup um, where I didn't perform as, as well as I would have liked. And um, I put it, uh, you know, quite a bit of pressure on myself going into that tournament, you know, to really want to make that position my own and, um, you know, believing that I could, I could do that. And I was the best man for the job. And um, I think it was that sort of tournament there where I sort of really felt I fulfilled what the role needs in terms of their goalkeeper, you know, for a national team. And um, just felt like I've, I've gone sort of from strength to strength from, from there. So uh so yeah, but yeah, I mean, collectively, one of the best memories of my life, and uh, yeah, you know, it's it's always nice looking at pictures, videos, and all that, reminiscing of it all, and and yeah, you know, that's ultimately why 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 I live and, and why I play the game, you know, to create as many memories as possible through being successful. You know, that's that's the meaning of uh, of my life and, and football.
1: No doubt, plenty plenty more to come, Maddie. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm sure all Socceroos fans around the world will um, yeah, be, be glued to their, to their phones and their, their TV sets, you know, waiting for you to um, do something awesome for Arsenal. I'm sure you will.
0: Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's the next, next objective for me is to get out on that pitch and uh, take advantage of an opportunity. So I've uh, been giving everything I've got to do that. So uh, thanks for the kind words and the support. Thanks for listening to the Socceroos podcast
1: with guest Matty Ryan. To learn more about Matty and other Socceroos, head to Socceroos.com.au as well as the social channels for all the latest news and videos on the team. Tune in next time for the Socceroos podcast and let us know on social media if there's plays and questions you want answered. Until then, goodbye.
0: Matthew Leckie puts Australia into the quarterfinals. That is a magnificent goal by Owomobile. Oh, Maddie Ryan Wayne top corner like Superman.